I am asking those of you to have a Bible, if you will, amen, to get it out, and we're going to go to the book of Psalms. We're going to go to Psalms, and we're going to go to many other scriptures, but we're going to start at Psalms 90, and I'm going to read verses 12 through 17. I'm going to read it to you, and uh, it's going to be read in several other translations, But we're going to start at Psalms 90, verses 12 through 17, and it says, So teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? And let it repent thee concerning thy servants. O satisfy us early with thy mercy, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad according to the days wherein thou hast afflicted us and the years wherein we have seen evil. Let thy work appear unto thy servants and thy glory unto their children. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. Notice verse 17. Let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us and establish thou the work of our hands upon us. Yea, the work of our hands Establish thou it. Now, from these verses of scripture, I want to use for a particular subject that we're going to deal with today and write it out and allow the Holy Spirit to move through it. Get it done. That's what we're going to talk to you about. Look at somebody and say, get it done. All right? Okay? Say it again. Say, get it done. Okay? Okay. Get it done. That's what we're going to talk to you about. Roosevelt Moss Cantor said, power is the ability to get things done. Roosevelt, Roosevelt Moss Cantor said, power is the ability to get things done. Psalms 90 and verse 12 through 17 in the Message Bible says, Oh, teach us to live well. Teach us to live wisely and well. Come back. God, how long do we have to wait and treat your servants with kindness for a change? Watch this. Surprise us with love at daybreak. Then we'll skip and dance all the day long. Make up for the bad times with some good times. We've seen enough evil to last a lifetime. Let your servants see what you're best at. The ways you rule and bless our children and let the loveliness of our Lord, our God, rest on us, confirming the work that we do. Oh, yes, affirm the work that we do. Now, we know this psalm is considered a psalm written by Moses. And, you know, Moses was the great leader of the Israelites. He was the one that God chose to go into Egypt and lead the people of God out. This was not an easy task. We know that God's hand had to be on him because Pharaoh was a hard taskmaster. We know that Moses, his leadership going in there, getting the people of God out of Egypt is considered to be a shadow and a picture of uh, Jesus Christ, but also the law because Moses could only bring them out but so far and it took Joshua to lead them in. And you know, the Bible said the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. 
But Moses, the psalmist here, uh, this psalm in which he's writing, is talking about how that they had experienced some bad times. And he wanted God to make up for those bad times. And people have, in the last two and a half years, been through something. Can y'all agree with that? Yeah, for two and a half years, people have been through something. The pandemic has taken people through something. People have lost loved ones. And of course, we know that we're seeing all kinds of stuff, amen, take place on a national and international level. Recently, those people in Kentucky are going through something. Yeah, with floods and everything else, amen. And the psalmist cries out to God and says to God, make up for the bad times with some good times. Look at somebody say, God knows how to make it up to you. He said, we've seen enough evil to last a lifetime. We've seen enough stuff that God, even if we don't ever see no more evil, we've seen enough. God make up for all of that by giving us some good times. Tell somebody, let the good times roll. Yeah. Yeah, tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, you may not believe this, but you get ready to see some good times. <laughs> oh, yeah, God. God get ready to show you some of his good stuff. Hallelujah. The Bible said weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. The Bible says to us, and lets us know how that Job in the scripture, he experienced bad time, but then God came back and gave him twice as much. Gave him double for all his trouble. God knows how to make you even forget the bad time with the good times he pours on you. That's why when the man of God got delivered, he named one of his children Manasseh. Meaning God has taken away the toil, made me forget the storm, made me forget the trial, made me forget the test. Tell your neighbor, God's getting ready to bless you in such a powerful way, you won't even remember the bad stuff. Hallelujah. Somebody open your mouth and praise him for it if you believe that's so. Bill Belichick, the coach of the New England Patriots, made a statement, you get the job done or you don't. You get the job done or you don't. It's been said that productivity is never an accident. Productivity is not an accident. When productivity takes place, it's done intentionally. It's done Amen, with strategy in mind. And I'm here to tell you at Faith City that you have to have a mindset in this day and hour that nothing going to stop me from getting it done. That I've been called and chosen of God to get it done. Psalms 90, verses 15 through 17, I'm going to read this in the New Living Translation, says, give us gladness, in proportion to our former misery. Replace the evil years with good. Let us, your servants, see your work again. Let our children see your glory. And may the Lord our God show us his approval and make our efforts successful. Yes, make our efforts successful. Oh, look at your hands and say, these hands are so blessed. 
that whatever I touch and whatever I do, it comes out blessed. Oh, in it. Touch somebody and say, see, you just got blessed right then. I bless you in Jesus' name. Come on, body of Christ. We're the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever we do, whatever we touch, wherever we go, we're supposed to prosper. Hallelujah. And we got to believe that God blesses the work of our hands. That whatever we put our hands to, that God prospers it. And God causes it to be productive and cause it to be fruitful you got to tell your company amen that I'm not blessed because I'm working here you're blessed because I'm working here oh you better believe that glory to God wherever I go I expect the blessing to show up because the blessing of the Lord it make it rich and it add no sorrow and we have a covenant with God and God is on our side and just like Joseph was blessed we and I are blessed even the more because Joseph, wherever he went, whatever he did, it came out blessed because Joseph had favor on his life. And you and I got favor on our lives. Even in prison, Joseph got promoted because God was with Joseph. And God is with you and I today. Arthur Hadley, Arthur Hadley said, it is not enough to get things done. They must be done right so whenever I'm talking about get it done I'm not just talking about doing it I'm talking about doing it as well doing it right so it is inclusive of doing it right Psalms 90 verses 14 through 17 in the passion translation and we'll go deeper into this it says let the sunrise of your love in our dark night break through our clouded dawn again only you can satisfy our hearts, filling us with songs of joy to the end of our days. We've been overwhelmed with grief. Come now and overwhelm us with gladness. Replace our years of trouble with decades of delight. Let us see your miracles again and let the rising generation see the glorious wonders you're famous for. Oh Lord, our Lord, let your sweet beauty rest upon us and give us favor. Come work with us. Then our works will endure and give us success in all we do. Woo, woo. That's good reading there. Because God is telling us that he's going to replace our years of trouble with decades of delight. God will never let the devil outdo him. And God will never let what's going against you be greater than what's going for you. For the Bible said, if God be for us, who then can be against us? So we understand that in this hour and in this day that we live, we, the children of God, we, the people of God, should have our heads held up high knowing that God is getting ready to give us decades of delight. That God is getting ready to shift things like never before that will supersede any storms that we face, any trials that we face, because God is that good. Amen? So it's very, very important that we get it done. 
because everything that has gone on for the past two and a half years was to stop what God wants done in the earth. That's all it's about. The devil's always trying to stop what God wants done in the earth. But God has to have a people that want it done so bad that nothing that the devil tries to do will ever stop us from getting it done. Look at Psalm 78 and verse 9, a very, very uh, sad commentary for the children of Ephraim. The Bible said the children of Ephraim being armed and carrying bows turned back in the day of battle. Ephraim means fruitful. In fact, means doubly fruitful. We're supposed to be doubly fruitful people. But Ephraim had the bow, had the arrow, but in the day of battle, they turned back. It was amazing, uh, my elder who rolled down with me, he didn't know what I was going to preach about or teach about. And he's a military man. He served in the army. And I got to talking to him today, not knowing what I know now because of his expertise and we were talking about the Marine Corps. He said, I said, uh, you know, the Marines, they always think like they, you know, tougher than the Army or whatever. And he said, yeah, the uh, Marine Corps, they are taught to run toward the bullets. <laughs> I said, what? He said, yeah, they are taught to run toward the bullets. If folks start shooting, they're not taught to run back. They go forward and run toward where the shoe net. And I thought about the children of Ephraim. The Bible said in the day of battle, they turn back. Look at your neighbor. So how do you act when a fight is on? Come on. Amen. How many of y'all know we're not wrestling against flesh and blood? We're wrestling against spiritual wickedness. We're fighting against demon powers. And when a fight shows up, God doesn't expect us to run from the fight, he expects us to run toward the fight. Oh, don't worry, I got scripture. You remember that man in the Bible who was a little boy by the name of David? When Goliath showed up, they were going backwards. They were afraid of Goliath. Goliath had threatened them for several days and nobody had done nothing. But when David shows up, the Bible said, David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? who think he can defy the armies of God. And the Bible said that David got his slingshot and ran towards Goliath. Tell your neighbor, run towards it, run towards it. Don't run from your storm, don't run from your trouble. Run towards it. Get this thing done. Hallelujah. Ephraim, whose name means doubly fruitful, yet they return as a nation, as a tribe brother back in the day of battle they had all the weapons but they failed to execute had everything necessary to win but they failed to execute we must get the will of God done when I say get it done I'm talking about the will of God get it done Hebrews 10 36 says for you have need of patience that after you have done the what will of God after you what done the will of God ye might receive the promise 
Notice when the promise shows up, when you get it done. After you have done the will of God, you receive the promise. After you have done the will of God. So what is everything that the enemy is doing against your life and mine? It's always fighting against the will of God. Because he doesn't want the will of God to get done. This thing that you all doing next door and everything else, it's about the will of God. And you and I have to be determined that it's going to get done. Look at your neighbor and say, get it done, get it done. Yeah, yeah, get it done. Get it done in your marriage. Get it done in your business. Get it done in parenting. Get it done in grandparenting. Get it done on your job. The man hired you to get it done. That's all he's thinking about. He don't want no excuses. He don't want no, no alibis and all that stuff. Oh, I can't do it. No, he, he hired you to get it done. Hallelujah. Get it done in the house of God. Whatever you have been chosen and called to do, you have to get it done. Jesus said, not my will, but thy will be done. They said, Jesus, one time he was there. They said, Jesus, wait a minute now. Uh, your mother and father looking for you. Jesus said, let me tell you who my real mother and father is. Whosoever doeth the will of God. The same is my mother and my father and my brothers and my sisters. He know what Jesus' mind was focused on one thing, doing the will of God. The Bible said concerning Jesus, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written to me to do thy will, O God. I'm here to get it done. That's what Jesus came with that mindset. It's going to get done. If Judas betray me, it ain't going to stop me. It's going to get done. If Peter deny me, it ain't going to stop me. It's going to get done. If I got to go to a cross, it's got to get done. If they got to stick a spear in my side, it's going to get done. If they're going to spit in my face, it ain't going to stop me. It's got to get done. If they're going to beat me, hallelujah, with canine tails, it still ain't going to stop me. It's got to get done. If they're going to put nails in my hand, it ain't going to stop me. It's got to get done. If they got to put one in my feet, it ain't going to stop me. It's got to get done. If I got to hang down for society and humanity, it will not stop me. I will get this job done. And I'll be able to say, it is finished. Oh, look at your neighbor say, it's got to get done. It's got to get done. Uh, four, four things, four things. I'm going to be out of your way. Four things that will help us get it done. Remember, doing things is not the same as getting things done. Have you ever had somebody doing something, but that ain't what you wanted them to do? <laughs> they were doing something. <laughs> but it's not what you wanted them to do. So even they they done that, that ain't what you wanted them to do. So they didn't get it done. So let's look at four things that will help us get it done. Y'all ready to get it done? Look at your neighbor and say, get it done. Get it done. Get it done. 
Don't talk about it. Get it done. Don't tell everybody what you're going to do. Get it done. Let's get it done. Number one, here we go. Faith City, y'all ready? Y'all excited about doing the will of God? You get the promises when you do the will of God. You get the blessings when you do the will of God. You want God's will to be done in your life. He saved you. He called you out of darkness into his marvelous light to get it done. So let's get it done. All right? Number one, here we go. Four things that will help us get it done. Zeal and passion. Zeal. Do you know that the devil is after your zeal? He can't stand it when you got saved and you were so excited. Woo, can't wait to get to church. You all out there in the parking lot. The service ain't started. You 30 minutes early, 45 minutes early because you got a zeal for it. The enemy fights zealous people. He wants to stop these leaders' zeal for this thing and make them quit and give up and lose that excitement, that zeal, that burning. Have you ever seen somebody, oh man, they get the job. Oh, I got the job. You did? Oh, I'm so glad. Huh? Amen. Two weeks later, you got the job. You excited? Well, I tell you. Huh? It's like kids. You know how kids are? The first day of school, they happy because they're going to wear their new clothes. They waking you all up in the middle of the night. Is it time yet? Is it time to go to school? No, I'll go back to sleep. It ain't time to wake up yet. Oh, mom, mom, I'm ready to go to school. Is it time yet? No, no, no. I told you it ain't time. When it get time, I'm going to wake you up. I'm going to, okay, okay, because they ready to put on them new sneakers. They got on them new jeans. They got on that new shirt. They fly. Y'all know what I'm saying. They all happy. This is the first day of school. Hmm? A few months go by. Wake up, boy. Get up. Wake up, Sally. It's time for you to get up. Get up out there, man. Oh, I don't want to go to where the zeal at? Where the passion at? Come on, somebody. You seen people that get married? She coming down the Oh, man. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Months later, I can't stand you. I can't stand you. My mama told me don't marry you. My daddy told me don't cut no. Come on. Tell you, neighbor, you got to keep your zeal. 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 Anybody got some zeal in here? Anybody got, y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all. Huh? Amen. Got your bubblegum cigar because you got that baby. You got that bubblegum cigar. Oh, you want one? You got one? Come on, come on, come on. Walk with me right here. I'm going to go see him. Look, look, look through the glass. Hey, cookie, 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 cookie. Oh, cookie, 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 cookie. Hold it on. Oh. That's my boy. 
you in this world, I'll take you out. <laughs> you want to know? No! <laughs> sure don't. Wish I could shove this one back. Tell him he talking about somebody in California. He ain't talking about nobody right here. No, zeal. Our zeal. Amen. That's how we ought to be in the kingdom of God now. Remember how you were? Oh, glory. Who's your pa pastor? David and Vicki Foster. Whoa, what's the name of your church? Faith City. What'd you say? Faith City. No better place I want to be. I'm at Faith City. going to church. <coughs> His wife. I would like it, but his wife. No, don't be like that. Keep your zeal. Keep your passion. Because that's what the devil is fighting anyway. He knows if you lose your zeal for anything, you won't enjoy it. Thereby, you will quit. You will draw back. You will walk out because you lost what the devil really wanted to steal from you. He ain't after your car. He ain't after your money. He wants your zeal, your passion. Tell your neighbor, have your zeal. Tell them, get your zeal back. Get your zeal back. Come on, get like David. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go in the house of God. Get your zeal back and tell brothers and sisters, come on, man, we're going through the house of God. We're going to have a great time. God is going to move. The praise and worship is off the chain. Dante is going to sing us into the glory. Man, when you get here, the glory going to fall. The power going to show up. The anointing going to move. He going to heal that tumor. He going to rectify your situation. Because God that we serve has the ability to do great things. Somebody shout hallelujah. Don't, listen, listen. I'd rather for a person not to do it if they ain't got no zeal and passion. Whatever you're called to do for God, do it with zeal, do it with excitement, do it with passion. I'm at home, and I've, anything I do for my wife, she's looking for zeal and passion. That's what she's looking for. Seriously. I remember when I first married and stuff, and she would say, all right, the trash can fool, won't you take it out? And I was like, oh, okay. She said, if you ain't going to do it, let me do it. I said, uh-oh, uh-oh. That ain't right. So I start recognizing it's not just what I do. It's how I do it. So now when she said, will you take church? I said, oh, yeah, sure, baby. Sure. Sure. Why? Because I want my kisses to be, why, yeah. Sure. Sure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm going to jump on that. I'm going to jump on it, Yeah. Yeah, give me the trash. Oh, yeah, I got it. She said, come help me with something. I said, okay, win. Hey. Y'all to see me around my house. It'll trip you out. I run. She'll tell you. She will. I don't walk and do nothing because I know she's looking not at what I do, but with the attitude that I do it in. Attitude is important. 
Y'all got to understand that what we're doing for the king of kings and the lord of lords, he could have got somebody else to do it. He can pull somebody out in that street to do it. He can pull an alcoholic that's like this and get them to stand up here and preach better than I can. But I'm so glad that he chose me. Every one of us that's doing something for God, do you not know that God can pick somebody else out and pull them in and make them do circles around us? But he got us. And since he got us, whatever we do, we ought to do it heartily as unto the Lord, knowing that of the Lord we'll receive a reward. Tell your neighbor, zeal and passion. I like that deacon there. He doing that stuff with zeal. That deacon came out there and came on our car and said, hey, hey, hey. He said, that's your park right there. I said, go right there, that first park. I said, oh, I like that, brother. I mean, you're going to do something? Let's do it with some zeal. I'm so glad this man and woman of God didn't get up here like, well, got to do this. Y'all, come on, y'all. No, you didn't feel that. And you felt like that electricity that they were wanting us to praise God and you got to be giving it back to them don't let them look out there and you like no give it back to them you know God you know God is good you know God is worthy give it back to them let them look at you and get inspired to keep singing Galatians 4.18 But it is good, it is good to be zealously affected always in a good thing and not only when I am present with you. One thing we just tell my daughter, she would work living in Greensboro and she was working and we would always tell us, don't complain about the job. When I, I said, you better stop. I said, you'll be out of a job. That's because the spirits, demons hear what you're saying and God hear what you're saying. I said, just be grateful you got a job. Stop complaining because God can always give you something better. But don't you dare lose zeal and passion for what you're doing. Because once the zeal is lost and the passion is lost, then that which makes you who you are is lost. Passion is important. Fire. Somebody shout fire. fire. The Greek word for zealously that's used here in this text in Galatians 4.18 is the verb zelo or zelo. Z-E-L-L-O. And Z-E-L-O-O, rather. Which means to have a warm of feeling for. To covet earnestly. To desire. Listen to what it says mean. To be in hot pursuit. To strive after. To busy oneself about or to exert oneself for. So, so your zeal is important. Your zeal is important. My wife and I, we've been passing 39 years. And I told me 39. And uh, one thing we tell married people, if you're going to be together, you got to have that zeal. I'm just a man, I don't even want to be with my wife. I said, why come, man? She don't act like she wants me. Zeal is important. Passion is important. Come on now. This stuff is important. Y'all don't think it is. Amen. 
when a person wants to be with you, they, it makes it better. I said, it makes it better. I don't want my wife if she don't really want to be with me. I want her to want to get in the bed too. We married. Marriage is honor with the bed undefiled. So I want her to want me. I want her to want me because there are a lot of people that want me. Y'all laughing. See how y'all laughing? See how y'all laughing? Y'all, y'all, y'all think Vicky is the only person that won't foster. Y'all, see, see, this little, look, she might be taking foster for granted, but there are a lot of folks that won't foster. They want him just because he's a pastor and the devil want to mess up the anointing. There are a lot of folks that think, oh my God, I wish I had that beard. I'll put on that beard. No, I can't go to sleep. Got something going on. The church supposed to have something going on. We supposed to be the, the people to look at us and say that bush is burning, but the fire ain't went out. That person been saved, but they still got the fire. That person been going to church and they still got the fire. Look at your neighbor and say, Do you still got your fire? Yeah, your fire. People are going to come to see stuff burn. A long time ago, that was entertainment for us to go behind the fire truck. We was living in the project, wasn't much going on. But when a fire truck come through the city, woo, 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 we would follow the fire truck. We'd run behind the fire truck. Say, let's go see what's going on. Then he recognized somebody's house could be burning up. We just want to see something. We used to run, maybe y'all don't know nothing about that. We did. We was in the project. We run behind the mosquito man. Mosquito man spraying the mosquito spray. We running behind it. We were bored. <laughs> Listen, we got to have zeal, zeal, and passion. Have zeal in your giving and zeal in your living. Zealous. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 2 says, For I know the frowardness of your mind for which I boast of you to them of Macedonia that Achaia was ready a year ago. And your zeal hath provoked very many. Your zeal provokes people. When you're zealous about giving, when you're zealous about living, when it's time for offering in the house of God, I'd like for the church to get excited because we're giving to the king of kings and we're giving to the one who gave us everything we got. 
The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein, Psalm 24. So we understand that everything that we own, it really is God's. We're just stewards over it for a season. We brought nothing into this world. Certainly we can take nothing out. You're not going to take your car with you when you die. You ain't going to take your house with you when you die. You're just a steward over it for now. So we should have zeal when it comes to our giving and zeal when it comes to our living. Do you not know sinners watch how happy you are on Monday based on what you said supposed to happen Sunday? They're going to watch you tomorrow. Right when you go in there, you go in there dragging. Or do you go in there with excitement and zeal? They're looking for zeal. Amen. Anybody that does something with zeal and passion makes it look good. Have you ever seen those chef shows? They make cooking look good. It's like, oh man, they, they enjoying themselves just cooking that stuff. Cooking that stuff. They don't even eat it. They just let somebody say, there it is right there. Like, I know what y'all thinking. I would love to be on that show. But they make it look, they make it look zealous and, and they got this passion for it. They'll fire you up, make you want to go in there and cook something. Our zeal is on the basis of our hunger. You and I must remember the main thing the devil or demons want is our integrity and our hunger and our thirst for God. Demons are not after materialistic stuff as much as they are our integrity and our hunger and our thirst for God. That's what demons are after. That's what the devil was after in Job's life, his integrity, his honesty, his uprightness. That's what demons were after. Not the stuff, even though he was messing with the stuff, he was after something bigger than his stuff. He was after his integrity and his hunger and thirst for God. And the demons are the same way today. To stop you from getting it done, he will attack stuff, mess with stuff, but really what he's after is your honesty and your hunger and your thirst for God. And you got to stay hungry for God and thirsty for God and keep your zeal in place. Many leaders quit. You know why leaders quit? Because the people lose their zeal. And that lack of zeal and passion for it. I've seen people just say, I ain't going to preach. I said, man, why you ain't going to preach? Man, people don't like they hungry. What's wrong with us? The church, we're supposed to be ready to eat. Eat the word. Hear what the Holy Ghost is saying. I didn't come down here making up a message. I'm telling you what God is telling this church and telling you as a people. He's telling you get it done. He's telling you to get that zeal and have that passion about what you're doing. Whatever it is. Go home. Go in the house. Baby, I'm home. Let her know I'm glad to be home. And when he coming home, you say, oh, it's you. Oh, it's you, baby. Come here. That's how we're supposed to act. See, we, act, we don't act like that. And then when the person dies, tearing up flowers. You just said, sit your behind down. You ain't. Come on. Treat people like you want them. You glad to see them. I'm glad to see mother. I'm glad to see her. Whatever years we got left to be with that woman of God, I'm going to value them. 
I, I didn't just want to wave to her. I went over there and hugged her neck because I'm glad that she's here. I ain't going to wait to no funeral. Get out of the funeral. Oh, Bishop Sharp was a great man of God. What that mean to me? I'm in the casket. Tell me now. <laughs> hungry and thirst. Hungry and thirsty people pull on the anointing. They place a demand on your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding, and the revelation of the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit is offering. The woman with the issue of blood, why did she get it and others didn't? Her zeal, her passion for it. She got it when others didn't get it, man of God. She got it. She got healed. She pressed in the Other folk were pressing. But they didn't get nothing. But this woman got it. And Jesus felt the virtue, the power, the strength come out of him. And he said, somebody has touched me. The disciples said, Jesus, all these people bumping into you. How are we going to know who touched you? But Jesus knew that woman had a zeal and a passion to get her miracle. Anybody want your miracle? Anybody want your? I'm going to get mine. I didn't come all the way from Tarboro, North Carolina, not to get something. I came with my cup ready to be full. I came expecting God to move in this house. Blind Bonomeo's got his. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. They said, be quiet, man. Don't bother. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus healed him. The people who went into the room with their friend laying on a pallet. Got in there. The plate was so packed, couldn't get in there to Jesus. The Bible said they went up there and climbed on the roof. Tore the roof up and let the man down to Jesus. And when Jesus saw their faith, faith always got zeal and passion connected with it. He said, man, your sins be forgiven thee. He said, who is this that can forgive sins? Jesus said, whether well, he's the same. Thy sins be forgiven thee, or man, arise, take up your bed and walk. He got it. Think about the people. Had so much zeal, they followed Jesus for three days without eating. I wonder, could we keep y'all in here for three days? So just stay in here and hear this word. <laughs> huh? huh? Will y'all tear this place up? Just stay here for three days. I'm going to get through preaching. Then Pastor Foster going to preach. Dante is going to preach. We're going to just keep y'all in here for three days. And y'all won't even bring up food. <laughs> you don't know about that, Mr. A. But that's what these people did. They followed Jesus for three days and didn't even bring food up. Didn't even bring the matter up. Jesus thought about it. And Jesus considered that. They didn't go to Jesus. Jesus considered it. And the disciples said, Jesus, you're going to send these people away. They, they ain't going to make it. We out here in the desert. They won't make it back to the marketplace. And besides, it'll take a lot of food to feed these folks. And Jesus took two fish and a few loaves of bread. Y'all know the story. That's passion. For three days, we lock you up in here and just preach the word and preach the word and everybody's still smiling. <laughs> oh my God. Richard Bach, Richard Bach said this, the more I want to get something done, the less I call it work. 
The more I want to get something done, the less I call it work. See, listen, this that God has called us to do to get his will done in earth, it shouldn't be all, oh, man, I'm feeling. No, it's just the joy of getting this thing done. Number two, here's, here's how you get it done, four little things. Number two, changing into a better version of yourself. To get it done, you got to change into a better version of yourself. Every last one of us should still be changing. To live is to grow and to grow is to change. We are to change from glory to glory, from faith to faith, from strength to strength. Did you not know the person that's living with you this year should see a better version of you next year? Mm-hmm. You got to be intentional about changing for the better. I know we say in the marriage vow for better, for worse, but you know we don't want you to get worse. <laughs> we do. We say it. We stand up there for better, for worse, for rich. We don't want you to get poor. God knows I don't want my wife to get no poor. No, we want to get better. So, for us to get it done, we must become a better version. You're here today to become a better version of you. You're not just here out of form and fashion. You came to this place this morning to become a better you. Not to make that person beside you a better them. Make you a better you. Because I teach the church that I pastor. If you change, everything around you changes. If you get better, everything around you get better. Stop pointing the finger at the other person and say, it's me. I need to get better. If I get better, my wife's going to get better. If I get better, my husband's going to get better. If I get better. Y'all ain't saying amen to that. But, but let me tell you something. The worst person to be with is think the person that they are is the best version of themselves. You can improve. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you can improve. Yeah, do you know you can get better at this? Do you know you can get better at who you are? Do you know you can present to that person a better version of you? Hmm? Yeah, I'm trying to get better in everything. I'm trying to be a better grandfather. I'm trying to be a greater dad. I'm trying to be a better husband. I'm trying to get better at this because I know that if I get better, she's going to get better. Whew. Nothing, let me, listen, it will not get done if everybody in here or you start thinking you have arrived. Paul said it better than anybody else. He had raised the dead, healed the sick and everything. But Paul said, I count not myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind me, watch this, and reaching forth unto those things that are before me. He's talking about becoming better. What made Kobe Bryant such a winner, such a game changer? He kept getting better. What made Michael Jordan such a great basketball player? He kept getting better. What makes Steph Curry so deadly? He keeps getting better. Huh? First he 
was shooting the three from one range. Now Steph Curry's come by half court and pow! Just let it loose. Shoo! Huh? But whenever a player comes into the league and don't get no better, they get defeated. They, get, they lose games. LeBron James came in straight from high school and he kept getting better. And now they wondering, is he the GOAT? Is Michael Jordan the GOAT? Who the GOAT? Why? He kept getting better. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, I'm going to be the GOAT in the house. Yeah, come on. Come on. That's what you're supposed to be trying to outdo one another. You be the GOAT. No, it's me. I'm the GOAT. I'm the best wife. No, I'm the best husband. You outserve each other. Huh? In other words, being more like Jesus, walking as a mature son. 1 John 3, verses 2 and 3 says, Beloved, now we the sons of God. It does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Note the verse. And every man that had this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. As you walk with God, the more pure you should be striving to become. It's not where you walk with God. I've been saved a long time. And you stop growing. And when you stop growing, you are dying. If you stop growing, you start moving backwards. But if you keep growing, you keep keep improving everything look at in the natural everything that they have created they trying to make it better everything man doesn't stop that except man fails to try to make his life better they try to make better cars they try to make better phones they try to make better tv you remember a long time ago boy it took five people to bring a tv out there two in front two in the back one in the middle Huh? Now you go in there and get your TV? <laughs> huh? You couldn't do that a long time ago. You better get three and four people. You're going to have a back problem. You're going to pull a disc. They had to improve it. Huh? Y'all remember a long time ago? If one of them old timey cars hit your car, tear your car off the piece. It was real steel, boy. You come out with concussions, dead, aunt dead, cousin dead. That stuff was solid. Slam the door, bang! Could graze somebody. Whole car move. This stuff now, this little stuff they got now, you know. You can I I, I was I was this this is a true story. I got my hat, my Cadillac, and one day I was running, I was running in the rain. And I was running, I was trying to do a rain, I didn't want to get my hair wet, didn't want to get wet. And I'm just running, passing, I'm running, and I slide. And, and my knee hit the Cadillac door and put a dent in it. I said, huh? That's some cheap stuff here. I, my knee, my knee hit it, and a, and a little dent got in there. Oh my goodness. I start trying to squeeze it. Could I get it out? I mean, is it that easy? Man, if I, oh, that had been that old car, them old kind car, I would have slid like that and probably broke my knee and been in the hospital. 
saying, oh, oh, he need a kneecap. <laughs> they, this stuff, but what? They made it better. They're trying to make stuff better. And sometimes in making it better, they lose some of the quality. But they are trying to make better. Remember a long time ago? Huh? You had to go to the what? Phone booth. Pay phone. Dropping 30 cents. 50 cents. Hello? Come on. Y'all remember that? Y'all remember a long time ago you dialed, you dialed the number, you Huh? Come on. Huh? Remember them folks had them phone, them, that thing was so big, they put it up like that. Hey, hello. Huh? But look at it now. Look at your phones now. Can do anything. Huh? You can watch TV on your phone. Awesome. Now, as things change, we all want to change. Don't be the person that came from bad encounters, betrayals, and bad relationships. Then say, that's just me. Got to accept me the way I am. I'm just me. I just got to be me. No, no, no. That's not truly who you are. You got to see yourself in a greater way, the way that God sees you, and continue to grow and to change into a better version of yourself. We change by the Holy Spirit and by the word of God. Romans 12 and 2 talks about be not conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your what? Mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, perfect will of God. The word there for transform is the word metamorpho, where we get our English word metamorphosis from. Like a caterpillar changing into a butterfly. There's a transformation. We change by the people we meet and the books we read. Please write that down. We change by the people we meet and the books we read. You always look forward to meeting new people. I look forward to meeting you. Look like a good couple there. I look forward to meeting you. That's going to change me somehow. Because when you meet new people, it changes you. Whenever you meet anybody new, that's a wonderful thing. And reading a new book, it always helps you to change. Hallelujah. We continue to grow and change as we add value to others. And whatever we are a part of, when we become people who bless others or help empower and improve the lives of others, we become who God ordained for us to be. We become people of value. Jim Rohn said this, work on yourself more than you do on your job. Work on yourself more than you do on your job. Every last one of us are created to add value to somebody. We are, when people get around you, how do they feel? They should feel better. They should feel glad they met you, glad they came in contact with you. Add so much value to them that they hate leaving you. They hate departing from you because you and them conversing added value to them. Find out what's interesting about them. I like you. You're on the front row. I'm just meeting you. I don't really do. I like that smile. What's your name? Antoinette. Bless you, Antoinette. I like you. Got to find out about you. <laughs> Ain't that wonderful? Number three, courage, boldness, and humility. Okay? I got three minutes. I'm going to try to get it in. We must be fearless and full of humility. We must allow God to work through us, but always give him the glory. No room for pride at all. Psalm 23 and 4 says, even when your paths take me through the valley of deepest dark, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely for you are near. Psalm 37 and 11 in the Passion Translation said, But the humble of heart, listen at this, 
Psalm 37, 11 in the Passion Translation. It's a powerful verse. Listen at it. But the humble of heart will inherit every promise and enjoy abundant peace. So we want to be what? People who get it done. Well, to get it done, you got to have courage, you got to have boldness, and you got to have humility. This man of God took a bold step. This woman of God with him took a bold step. Your whole ministry took a bold step to move here from there. Bold move. But it took that to get it done. God is always trying to get us to get it done. And number four, the fourth point and final point is increasing in the work of God, never ever drawing back. Increasing in the work of God, never ever drawing back. What am I saying? Whatever you're doing now, be always looking to do more. Don't look to do less. Always look to do more because you want to always abounding in the work of the Lord. The Bible said be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. That's 1 Corinthians 15 and 58. In other words, he, that word abound in the Greek means increasing. God wants you to increase in what you're doing for him. Not decrease, not pull back. God said in his word, his soul has no pleasure in them that draw back unto perdition. We're not of them that draw back. Drawing back hurts the work of God. Drawing back meaning that, hey, you were doing well, but now you decide to pull back. No, don't pull back in your giving. Don't pull back in your living. Let's get it done for the glory of God. Are y'all ready to get it done? <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, in your spare time, amen. Remember this point. It's been said, no matter how you feel, get up, dress up, show up, and never give up. You get that? No matter how you feel, get up, dress up, show up, and never give up. Jerry West, who was a famous and still famous, uh, he played basketball. Now he's uh, like a person that does recruiting and stuff. He said, you can't get much done in life if you only work on days when you feel good. You can't get much done in life if you only work on days when you feel good. Proverbs 10, 4, and 5 in the Passion Translation said this, slackers will know what it means to be poor while the hard worker becomes wealthy. Know the importance of the season you're in and a wise son you will be. But what a waste when an incompetent son sleeps through the day of his opportunity. The late great baseball player Jackie Robinson says, this ain't fun, but watch me. I will get it done. Ain't that wonderful? Hallelujah. In 1 Corinthians 15 and 58 in the Amplified Classic, it says always being superior, excelling, doing more than enough in the service of the Lord. In the E-A-S-Y, I'm cutting it short now, says continue to work as you serve the Lord. You know that whatever you do for him will not be useless. 1 Corinthians 15 and 58 in the NIV says let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of God because you know that your labor is not in vain. And uh, the C-E-V translation says stand firm, don't be shaken, always keep busy working for the Lord. And 1 Corinthians 15 and 58 in the NLT says, always work enthusiastically. 
And then I'm going to read Hebrews 10, 22, 25 in the message translation. Hebrews 10, 22, and 25. I want to take my time and read this, and we'll bring it to a close. Listen at this. Y'all ready? Let's read it together, y'all. It's on, it's on the screen. Good. Thank you, screen man. Amen. Hebrews 10, 22 through 25 says what? So let's do it. Uh-oh. Hold it right there. Get that. Did y'all see that? Wait a minute. We're talking about what? Get it done. What it say? So let's do it. Full of belief. Confident that we're presentable inside and out. Let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keeps us going. He always keeps his word. Let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out. Not avoiding worshiping together as some do. But watch this. But what we want to do? Spurn each other on. Especially as we see the big day approaching. Hey, neighbor, spur me on, spur me on. Yeah, push me, push me. Look at that, tell the person, say, you can do it, baby. You can do it, you can do it, you can do it. You can do it, sir, you can do it. You can make it happen. You can do it. If anybody can do this, you can do it, woman of God. I come to spur you on. I come to make sure you don't lose your zeal, your passion. I come to tell you, Vicki Foster, if anybody can do this, Vicki, you can do this. I come to tell, I feel like encouraging, I feel like encouraging you for a turnaround because the Lord said things are getting ready to turn around and get ready to work out. Things, things are turning. Don't you get weary in it. Whole shot. I come to spur you on, Vicky. I come to speak life to your bones. I come to speak youthfulness to your bones. I come to tell you that you're going to feel 17 all over again. Y'all didn't hear me. I've been preaching this. I, God I gave me a message that you can go on YouTube and, and Facebook here called Hear and Healing. God began to talk to me about the bones and how the bones are important to the structure of a person's being. And the Bible has a lot to say about bones. And uh, Jeremiah says, like fire, shut up in my bones. The Bible said that a virtuous woman, how important she is, but a woman that maketh a shame, she like rottenness to a person's bones. The Bible said envy is like rottenness to the bones. Hallelujah. The Bible says a merry heart doth good like medicine, but a broken spirit, it drieth up the bones. When the bones are not moist, when the bones are not healthy, it breaks the body down. But God began to talk to me about the youthfulness of his church. And he began to tell me that he's bringing back the youthfulness in the church. Y'all don't hear me? You ain't got to have young people to have youthfulness. Look at your neighbor say, neighbor. I got my youngness back. Come on, I'm talking to some. God told me, said you. He said you preach this. He said you. He said they're gonna get in the people's bones. He said you're gonna see 75 year old, 50 years old, 60 some years old get their youthfulness back and come back to 17 again, 19. My wife would tell you, living with me like living with a 19 year old man. 
I've been restored. Didn't the Bible say it in Psalm 103? He healeth all your disease. He forgiveth all your iniquity. He healeth all your disease. And then he said, he renewed your youth. Come on, y'all, talk to me. He renewed your youth like an eagle. God want to renew our youth. Make us feel young again. Mm-hmm. 17 again. 19 once more. Not in the natural, but boy, when it comes to these bones. Your bones hear you. Y'all don't think your bones hear? Look, Ezekiel, what you see? I see a valley. What is it in it? Dry bones. He said, what? Prophesy. He said, Ezekiel, can these bones live? He said, thou knowest. He told him to prophesy. I prophesied in my bones. I tell him, you're 17. You 19. Arthritis, you can't come here. You off limits. You can mess with everybody else, but you can't mess with this body. 19 and 17 here. Oh! <laughs> Somebody say, get it done. Get it done. Come on. Yeah, that's what you gotta get young and get youthfulness to get it done. There's a work to do. Listen, you have been called. Listen, I'm gonna say this to you. I'm through with the message, but you are called to do a great work for God. This ministry is called to do oh great things in this area, in this city, and in the world globally. And it's gonna take all of you with a mindset. Let's get it done. Let's get it done. No drawing back, no pulling back, getting it done. Whatever it takes to get it done, let's get it done. Let's make it happen for the kingdom of God because the will of the Lord must be done. You got to do his will. And after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promises that he made unto you. Everybody stand to your feet. Thank you for listening. Hallelujah. 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 Please go back over this message. I challenge you to go back over it. If this don't change your zeal and your passion, you missed the whole message. If this don't change the way you look at your assignment, you missed the whole message. If this don't change the way you look at everything you're doing, Be it raising children, be it raising grandchildren, be it in your marriage, be it on your job. Raises and bonuses are waiting on you on your job. Increase in favor is waiting on you on your job. You just got to keep going in there with some zeal. Go in there with some passion. Go in there like you like what you do. It's not controlled by man. It's controlled by God. And God can make that man dream about you and give you a raise. Make that man dream about you and scare him to death in a dream. Amen. I'm telling you what I know. I'm telling you what testimonies have come as a result of what I'm preaching now. This kind of message. Amen. Hallelujah.
when I, when, this is my first time preaching to y'all. I said, I'm going to preach this to my mature. Because <laughs> we got to get it done. Got to get it done. And, and what, what's happening a lot of times in ministries all over is that the harvest is plenteous, but labors are few. So what happens is three or four people who are trying to get it done start carrying all the weight. And they shouldn't have to carry all the weight. Some of us need to pick up the towel and start serving and doing more in ministry. Asking pastor, pastor, what can I do more? Because you know we want this thing done. We want to be able to celebrate where God brought us from. We want to be able to celebrate. Pastor, we, don't want, we want as less on you as possible so you can get yourself to the word and prayer. But what can we do? Woman of God, what can we do to lighten your load? Do you need us after we get off work to come and help you? What do you need from us? That's what it's going to take to get it done. Do y'all want to get it done? Listen, any, listen, if you help God's assignment and God's will get done in the earth, you don't think God will bless you? You don't think God will open up the windows of heaven and give you something fresh and wonderful? Yes, he will. So I challenge you to get this message in your heart. Receive it. Open up to it. And I'm telling you, it'll be like everybody in your whole house has found new life. I pray today that you go home with a new husband, a new wife because of this message. Go home.